0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 217, Leadership Lessons from the Gospel of Mark, Part 2. So, if you were with us last week, we uh, we started looking at Mark for leadership material, seeing what Jesus had to say about leadership, as well as what he modeled in his own ministry. Um, last week, we talked about the method that Jesus used to to select the disciples. And if you haven't heard that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's insightful. Um, and maybe we'll help you think about things that you've never thought about before when it comes to leadership because Jesus had a very unique way of picking leaders, much more uh, much different than what we often do today. So I encourage you to check that out. But today I want to start off by talking about Jesus as a communicator. You know, if you're a leader, you are a communicator and it's it should be one of your primary, Uh, job descriptions is communicating. Um, And this really kind of has to do with every single leadership level. Um, If you're a um, frontline supervisor, if you will, of course you have to communicate with the people who are assigned to you. If you're a CEO, you have to communicate with your entire organization and probably also with the board of directors and even the public. So there's a there's a lot that goes into communication. And of course when we talk about Jesus, we immediately um think of him as a communicator because he was the uh great teacher, the great preacher, and he he really gave us some incredible Messages. I mean, a few weeks ago we talked about the uh, some leadership lessons from the Sermon on the Mount, and that's really probably one of the 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 classic messages that Jesus preached. But if you read the Gospels, you find him teaching and teaching in parables, and you know that's one of the things about communicating is um, if you want to be an effective communicator, you want your audience to feel something. And that's one of the things that Jesus did very, very well as a communicator, was he was able to share stories, share his material in such a way that his listeners were drawn in. And, you know, this was, we we, we saw this in Matthew, we see it in Luke, we see it to some degree in Mark. Um, like we said, Mark doesn't have the amount of teaching that um, the other Gospels do, but Uh, the teaching that is there is designed to evoke um, emotion, to evoke feeling, and to um, really prompt change in the hearers. But one of the things that, that, that Jesus did as a communicator that we often don't think about was he understood the importance of repeating things. Now you may say, wait a minute, wait a minute. How is repeating things... Um, a key quality of, of communication. Well, people don't listen. People don't remember, and people don't get it the first time. Andy Stanley, the pastor of North Point Church, he says, share vision, in other words, communicate vision until you are sick of it. Communicate vision until you are sick of communicating it, and then keep sharing it. Because people don't listen. People are distracted. People are busy looking at their phones. They're busy looking at their laptops. They're busy looking at the pretty girl across the room. Whatever it is, people get distracted. And so Jesus gave us a great principle of repeating important things. And I'm going to give you just one example of something that he repeated. He actually did it in several places and with several things. But I want to give you just uh, one example of something Jesus repeated. You know, part of what Jesus was trying to do with his disciples was prepare them for what was coming. In other words, he tried to prep them. He tried to prepare them for his death and resurrection. And, um, you know, this was a big deal because they looked to him for guidance they looked to him for hope they glad they uh they really wanted to uh to follow him forever and his death could be devastating to their faith and so he tried to prep them by telling them that it was coming listen to what he says in in mark chapter 8. He said, Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. A chapter later, we don't know how long this is, maybe some days or some weeks, he began to teach them the same thing. It says in Mark 9, It says, "...leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and and to teach them." So he was trying to obviously equip them and teach them and prepare them. But he said this, "...the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies, and he will be killed. But three days later, he will rise from the dead." And then one last one, again, a chapter later. We don't know if this is days or weeks. But it says, now they were on their way to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe and people were following behind were overwhelmed with fear. And the reason they were fearful was because they knew that the last time Jesus had been in Jerusalem, the religious leaders had threatened to kill him. So, And yet Jesus is going back there. And taking the 12 disciples aside, Mark says, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was going to happen to them, happened to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed into the hands of the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law. They will sentence him to death and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. So, three times that's mentioned, there could have been more, but three times Mark mentions that Jesus told his disciples the exact same thing. Chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10, Jesus told them the same thing. You know, one of the things about a communication is we want to make sure people hear and understand, and sometimes this involves repeating things. That's why sending out a reminder email or a reminder text or um, reminding people that you know what needs to be done is not a bad thing. So Jesus was a great communicator. And then the, the second thing that Mark shows us about Jesus as a leader is that Jesus placed a high value on serving. Jesus placed a high value on serving. We see a couple of different stories in Mark that, that highlight this. Um, one of them is found in chapter nine, and in this in this story, we see that Jesus is approached by his followers, a couple of his followers, and they actually ask him. Uh, or, or this is actually after he has just told them that he's going to die. Um, He asked them, he says, what were you discussing as we were walking down the road? And it says they didn't answer because they were arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. He put a little child among them, possibly Simon Peter's child. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also the Father who sent me. So Jesus says this. He says, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. One of the greatest generals in American history, General Chesty Puller, um, the story is told of him. He was um, in a combat situation, and and, and the troops had finally been given a break to where they could pull back from the front lines, some of, some of the ones who had taken the heaviest fighting. And um, they had pulled back from the front lines, and they were finally able to, to go to a chow hall and get some food. And General Puller went in to, uh, to, to eat with the men, but what he saw was their officer, a, a, young, a young lieutenant, was at the front of the line getting their food first. And Puller pulled him out of line and chastised him. He said, you let your men eat first. And, you know, this made a... First of all, it made a real impression on the young officer, but it also made an impression on the men that um, their, their their general was looking out for them. But what does that mean to us? Um, Jesus said here that, that whoever's the leader should take the last place. In other words, we should really see ourselves as serving those who are, on paper, we'd say working for us, but um, we are responsible for them. How can we serve them? They don't live to serve us. If we're the leader, we live to serve them. And then the next chapter over, we see a uh, another account, which is just fascinating. Uh, it's in chapter 10, and, and what happens is James and John come to Jesus. And one of the other Gospels actually says their mother comes too. And they asked Jesus, they said, hey Jesus, um, can we have the seats at your left hand and right hand when you set up your kingdom? And Jesus really chastised them. He said, you don't really know what you're asking for. Um, Then the other disciples got angry that they were trying to do this behind their back. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, you know that the rulers of this world Lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will not, it must be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So how how does this translate? Well, if you are a leader, you are called to be a servant. I mean, there's been books written about this, servant leadership. And it doesn't mean you don't have authority. It doesn't mean you don't, you know, coach your people. It doesn't mean that you don't make decisions. But in your interactions with your people, you treat them with respect. You serve them. You treat them the way that you would want to be treated. And that's what Jesus was saying here. He said, look, I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve Others And as a leader, if you see yourself as, as it being in a position where people are going to be bowing down to you, then you've got the wrong mentality. I remember when I was in law enforcement, I had a friend who he, he looked forward to the day when he would get promoted to sergeant so that he could put his feet up on the desk and have everybody else doing the work. And sadly, there were a lot of people that had that attitude, but that's not the Jesus kind of attitude. The Jesus attitude is as a servant leader, as a um, leader who follows Christ, we lead by example. We work, we take care of our people, we make sure they have what they need, um, we're there for them, and like we said, we treat them the way that we would want to be treated. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode of Leading and Learning, but I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I love to stay in touch with all my wonderful listeners. Thanks for sharing this with a friend. If it helps you, share it with a friend. It'll help them as well. And until next time, this is David Spell asking you to keep developing leaders.